Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? Man, I'm just hanging out. Are you? I am, dude. I'm just happy to be here, dude. I'm just like, dude. Yeah. Dude. Dude. What's up, dude? What's up, dude? So we made it past our one-year uh, extravaganza. I know. It's kind of crazy. It was kind of cool flashing back, though, to all the call-ins and stuff. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So we're starting a new year. Well, a new fiscal year. Almost a new year. And You're just of, getting way too complicated. It's just, I know, I know, I know. But a lot of cool things coming up. I know, we got a lot of cool things coming up. I'll tell you what, we've done a lot of cool things. How about this past weekend? This past weekend was a great time. We're over there at Hawks Motorsports. That's right, cruising for Christmas, guys. Yes, it was a great time. A lot of awesome cars out there, man. A lot of LS-powered cars. A lot there. of LS stuff. I a lot wonder, of LS stuff. Of course, there again. Hmm, I wonder why. Hawks Motorsports specializes in your Camaro and Trans Am. GTO, Corvette. Firebird. Firebird. G8, GTO. Yeah, yeah, basically, anything with a LS motor in it. Yeah. Or LT1. Or, or an yeah. LT1. Or even a TPI. Wh- a which, tuned port injection. Which, as a lot of you know, they're formerly Hawks 3rd Gen. A lot, you know, a lot of people are familiar with them. They've been around well, for a while. I'll tell you something. They came into it at the right time. Like They started buying up all the 3rd Gen parts. And now those cars, you don't see them anymore. Yeah. Used to. You ride through the trailer park, you see 30, 40 of those things. Now, you ride through the trailer park, you might see two. And I'm talking about they're in front of double wides. Oh, yeah. And they're under an awning. Yeah. We'll see. Well, scrap prices went up. That's High rent district. Yeah. You uh, ain't got no room to talk. Man drives a 91 Capri station wagon. You ain't got no room to talk about a man with a third gen Camaro. <laughs> Easy. I mean, one's way cooler. Come on. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you better be guilty. You better be glad Gray couldn't find that sound effect. <laughs> he was fidgeting over there. He was looking for it. I th- uh, you know what? I think he might have a cricket sound effect. <laughs> oh, no, really. But it was a great show for a great cause. Of course, it was Toys for Tots. And they raised, I think, what, around six, seven thousand yeah. dollars total between toys and, and money coming in. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking in a few hours. Oh, yeah, it was four weather, hour shows. Weather was great. Yeah, it was actually kind of borderline warm. He had it Monster was. Energy out there, yeah, man. Yeah, Monster Energy girls out there hanging out. That was a lot of fun. I'll tell you something. That's what was really cool about it. What's that? That DJ. Those guys playing the music. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll who tell are, you what. Who are they again? I don't know, but I would probably Google them yeah. and try to look them up because those kids know what's up. I think I think their trailer said something like High Rides and Happy Hour or something like that. Well, I'm saying. Yeah. Good guys. Good guys. Great taste in music. Great taste in music. How about the uh, Lap Around the World car that was there? The lap around the world. The lap around the <laughs> lap around the world. You don't want the one lap. <laughs> lap around the world. Let's see that happen. Very carefully. Yeah, you got to do a little pond jumping if you want to make that. The, happen. Uh, yeah, uh, Glenn Dodd was there. <laughs> yeah, actually. the one, the one lap car. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, Glenn Dodd was there with his uh with his Plymouth or yeah, it's Plymouth. It's a Plymouth. Yeah, yeah. He uh, of course it's LS powered. It's actually sitting on a C4 Corvette drivetrain or C4 Corvette chassis rather. Yeah. Um. You know, LS powered, supercharged, and uh, 
you know, it's his version of a rat rod. So basically, they just took a rusty turd and put it on top of a C4 Corvette with a, with, with a blown LS in it. Yeah. And, um, and put a roll cage in it. I mean, it's like the world's fastest reason to have a tetanus shot. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I mean, Glenn ain't no young buck. I mean, Glenn's got to be in his late 70s, early 80s, probably. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, this dude's like Mr. Hot Rod. He's driving a six-speed hot rod around. I mean, it's pretty bad. I got guys my age. Man, I don't know about driving that four-speed in traffic. My leg starts getting tired. This man, like, he got married in 1956. That yeah. just fills you in on how old he is. He was married in 56. He got married the year my dad was born. This is He was married three years before my dad was born. <laughs> All right? So we know he was of marrying age anyway in 1956. And this dude is still rocking a six-speed hot rod. That's got to put him all over the 80-year-old mark. Exactly. So. Well, and I mean, this is the thing that's cool about it. That's a real hot rodder. Absolutely, man. I Absolutely. mean, uh, you know, a little background on Glenn Dodd. Glenn Dodd had a, uh, well, actually started Travelier. Uh, truck accessories and then he rolled into you know doing hot rod parts carolina rod shop you know things of that nature they built several vehicles for the one lap uh glenn's big big thing was k5 blazers he loves them he's had several over the years and he actually built one for the one lap it was called bad dog and it was a 72 k5 blazer and a little quick background story on that there was a ford guy in williamston named william sailor and, and, and William ain't around with us no more, so he can't defend himself, so I'm going to talk trash. <laughs> but uh, he built probably the baddest big-body Bronco you've ever seen in your life. And I mean, and when I say that, he took the ugliest Bronco they ever made. I'm talking about the 79. Yep. So it ain't like the little cute small ones that everybody likes. This is that big mutt-looking thing. <laughs> it looks like an F-150 in the front, and it just it's a Bronco, you know? Yeah. But he... uh. Two-wheel drive, slammed down the ground, billet wheels, had a all-crazy 514-cubic-inch big block Ford in it. <laughs> he was diehard. And this thing was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it was a gorgeous show car. Black, turquoise with magenta scallops. Interesting. Keep in mind, this was the 90s. It was a wild time. And, uh, but you know, and well, him and Glenn got going back and forth. Well, Glenn's bad dog. Was a seventy-two Chevrolet Blazer, of course, slammed down on the ground, and it had a three ninety-six fuel injected, aluminum heads, pretty hot, nothing like this five fourteen. Well, long story short, you know, William used to be a drag racer. Glenn's a hot rodder. He wasn't much of a drag racer, or whatnot. So anyway, they're knowing this was when my family was still in drag racing. Well, Glenn calls up my grandfather. You know, they're like old school buddies. They used to hang out. You know, back in the day, oh, yeah. and uh, he's like, "I need some help," and we actually put nitrous on the bad dog, <laughs> and they raced at Greer. How'd that play out? Yeah, not too good at three ninety six scattered, but still, <laughs> it was going good right before she blew though. Oh yeah, but, they, uh, they always run the best right before that. Right happens. before they come all to hell, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, the uh, it's a it was a fun story. I mean, like, it's just another fun hot rod childhood memory of mine. Oh, yeah. Is them two racing. And that thing sitting in the shop and my dad doing burnouts in the bad dog while we're setting it up. <laughs> uh, that was not. But then he built a big dog, which was a 50 Chevrolet panel that they chopped the top on and put windows in it. So it looked like a Suburban, but with a chopped top. So it didn't have the high top like a panel truck. Right. So I had a pickup truck front end, but it was low down. I mean, it was actually a bad ride. That thing had been redone like two or three times. Like it had 300,000 miles on it. It had Good a TPI Lord. 350 in it. Tilt front end. And the thing that was really cool about it was that that thing was on the one lap like 30 times. 
I mean, like, and they, and they put like six people in that thing cruise. You yeah. know, it had air. I mean, it was, it was, you know, the quintessential 90s hot rod, everything. Monochrome, body color, you know, smooth got, this, billet this. Got the graphics package. Oh, like a- it was it was royal blue with white two-tone with turquoise stripes. Turquoise. Look, Turquoise. Looks like, looks like a pack of uh, misty cigarettes. Everything in the 90s has stripes. Everything was those colors or a mix of those colors. Yep. The, uh... And, you know, the big dog was a bright red 72 Blazer now. It was sharp. And i tell you what's sad is the big dog got traded off over the years and whatnot. And uh, I actually found the big dog for really? sale. And it was in Ohio sitting in a field. <laughs> so this thing's been in all these magazines. It's been in trucking magazine. It's been in hot rod. Been on, the, I mean, been one lap of America and then all this race stuff and all that. Street performance. I mean, it was like the first fuel-injected big block. You know, that reminds and me. And now it's sitting in a field with no motor in it, dead. That reminds me. And a lot of uh, a lot of you old-timers might remember this. Do you remember the Australian Blazer? It was blue, um, and this would have been in the 90s. And uh, they put the tank tracks under it. And they actually ran over cars. It was like a monster truck thing. But it was, it was, a, uh, it was like a 70s Blazer sitting on a, or late 70s Blazer sitting on a tank. You remember that? No. This was very cool. I, there's a video, and you can find it all over YouTube. I cannot think of the name of this thing. They actually built a miniature one like the kid can play in, but it had tank tracks and everything on it. Same thing happened it. I actually found it not too long ago, uh, probably about a year ago I found it, and it's sitting out in the field, still built. Had a big blown motor on it. You know, the zoomies coming out from underneath the fender wells and all that. Awesome, awesome uh, blazer. Yeah, that it's sad what happens. I tell you, a cool thing about that, but it actually had a chop top too. That was another thing that was wild about it. That's crazy. I mean, it was a wild at the time. I mean, that thing was a trend setting car. Oh yeah. So I mean, it was it just blows my mind. But I tell you what, guys, I tell you what else is trend setting is these commercials. They keep coming up. Oh yeah. Well, we got plenty more to come right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Odd Rod, what's up, dude? I tell you what, we're going we're going to bring it back from our blazer tangent we were on yeah i actually uh while we're on the break i pulled up the pictures i found the old virginia beach crusher so it had nothing to do with australia no well i think the guy was from australia that built it i think that's where the australian thing comes in but yeah this thing or your was, strange fascination with kangaroos and holdens you know what it might be that too i don't know yeah really. you know how your mind just does stuff to you in, in my older age yeah well i think they actually got medication for that now oh did they yeah i'm pretty sure oh that's cool but yeah, um, this thing's actually just left to ruins, and, and it is just that. It is like a 78 Blazer just slammed onto a t- World War II era tank. It is awesome. And it's awesome. But now it just resides out in the field, much like the big dog. Maybe, maybe you should do like your Caprice and put it on a tank frame. You know what? No. I think the HOA would not approve. Well, tell you something. Which I don't think they approve I don't think they really now. approve of it now. <laughs> no, I, I mean. I, I think they have some issues with it as it is. is. I mean, on tires. Can you imagine on tracks? Yeah, I think someone might complain. I don't know. I mean, you know what I'm saying. And, you know, I don't think 85 needs a tank rolling down it. It looks like it's had that already. Well, you know, it's already pretty rough as it is. I mean, it would actually kind of help in traffic, though. You wouldn't even have to stop. You just keep <laughs> drive over them. And it's got that long wheelbase, so I had to get long track, so it really wouldn't have to worry about it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it actually do pretty good. Probably actually ride kind of good. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it might not do bad. There might be something to look into. Anybody know about tanks? Give me a call. I tell you, Todd Harrison actually built a golf cart with tracks on it here locally. And uh, and that that was intrigue. That was a neat switch. I mean, it was a golf cart on tracks. Well, you know, it's funny they got those uh, 
pardon me, they got those uh, tracks now that you can just slam under your truck tires, the right. little, little triangle things. That's kind of cool. They're, they're like a Dorito, you know? But <laughs> they're like a Dorito. They're shaped like Doritos. I'm not sure what good they do. I mean, I'm pretty sure they'd be fun in the snow, but pass that. Well, it's had like rubber like rubber cleats on them. I mean, you could drive it on the street like that, but it, like it killed the power of it because they had to I go guarantee. through all that stuff. But I mean, it was definitely neat looking. I mean... Yeah, I think you'd want to stick that in a gas job. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, even I mean, even then, I yeah, mean, it don't matter. It's just going to you're not going to do it fast with a tank. No, but you know, uh, back to talking about some cars that have just like been left to the wayside. How about like all the things uh, you know, Stacy David built on trucks? How about that Copperhead Blazer he built? Well, it got, that was a C10. It wasn't a Blazer. Yeah, it was a C10. Well, no, no it wasn't the Copperhead one. Uh, it was the uh, Blazer he built that was that same color. Well, he built a C10 too, in the same way he got robbed. And, yeah, just all oh, Stacy Davids and all this stuff, but it had like different wheels on. It, it had like rallies on it. Yeah, Stacy David's truck. The only thing left of it that he done was the paint. Of course, there again with his haircut, a C10 truck with rally wheels on it would fit. But still, oh yeah, I'd believe it. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be too far. I mean, far-fetched. he's got that Burt Reynolds haircut in <laughs> 2017. Yeah. He's got the Burt Reynolds haircut that Burt Reynolds doesn't even have anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like Burt retired it. Oh yeah. So I think like, Lonnie got it in the divorce. <laughs> terrible. And she sold it to Stacy David. Terrible, terrible, terrible. So let's talk about some expensive trucks. I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to tell you something. I think Ford might have jumped in front of the shark on this one. Uh, so, I think we mentioned it before on the show, and I know a lot of you guys have probably seen it out and about, but the the new Ford F450, uh, the premium package. Platinum. Platinum package, sorry. Uh, $100,000 pickup truck. What do you think about that? That price point? And don't get me wrong, I mean, General Motors is right behind them. Oh, and, yeah. and Dodge is following right behind them. Usually, well, Dodge usually is following right behind <laughs> General Motors and Ford. But anyway, even in price. But... uh you know, I mean, everything's going up. I mean, but that's crazy. My first home, and this wasn't that long ago, was $83,000. Oh, yeah. And now you have a $100,000 dually. Well, you know, and if you stop and think about it, you, you look at where pickup trucks have come from. You know, you look back in the 50s where it's a bench seat, a manual transmission, and a workhorse of motor, the end. Some of them didn't even have heat or air, and that was an option for a long time. So, I mean, it went from being a farm-used vehicle well, work that, truck to now— uh, Well, it's utility to now it's status. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the truck has come a long ways. Used to—I mean, if you had a truck, you were obviously a working-class man. You know who I blame for this? Who do you blame for Rascal this? Flats. I was thinking about Toby Keith. You remember that yellow Ford he had? Yeah. But, I mean, you think about it, though, because country's turned pop. Yep. So now it's cool to be a, be a, be a cowboy. So now you got a guy that works at Starbucks as a barista— and drives an F-250 because he likes new country. And you know what? I agree with you. It is a social status thing. Like I was saying, you know, used to be if you see a guy rolling in a truck, you know he's working. He's a working man. You know, he's either out on the farm or, you know, in construction. He's got something going on. He's working. He needs a truck. Oh, you know, the thing that tickles me is like these landscaper guys. Yeah. Especially the small-time ones. You know, and it's so funny. Like, they got that 6 by 12 little open trailer, you know, and they're pulling, like, a zero-turn lawnmower and two weed eaters and a leaf blower with a 2500 Dodge and a 6.7 Cummins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a little overkill. Oh, you know what? Tad. A tad overkill. But, I mean, it's just it's just become the way of it now. I mean, now you got a $100,000 truck, and, and people are buying them. 
Well, I mean, yeah, think about it. I mean, even now, if you start, if you step up to like a premium Chevrolet or Premier Chevrolet or a Denali truck in GMC, heck, I mean, you're going, you're bumping eighty-five, oh, yeah, ninety not, yeah, all over it. You're you're knocking on the eighty-five, ninety all day. So I mean, they're they're nipping at the hills, and I mean, the four fifty Ford. The thing that's crazy about a four fifty Ford, the thing that makes a four fifty Ford a four fifty is it has a straight axle under it. Yeah. They're not good riding vehicles. And the key mind it's got nineteen point five tires. So now it's got those thicker tires. These are not good riding vehicles. These vehicles are made to work, but it's like a loaded out work truck. But you know, okay, so if you're stepping on Ford's lot though, I want you to look at this. This is the base model price for the limited four by four. If you're looking at F two fifty Super Duty, your price is eighty thousand. A three fifty is eighty two and a four fifty is eighty seven. If you're spending eighty thousand dollars, what's another seven thousand to bump it up to the best? Seventeen. Well, no, that's the base pricing on them. Right, you said eighty three though, and a hundreds. No, eighty to eighty two to eighty seven is your base price right. on them. Now, once you start stepping up your models, that's when you reach that hundred thousand mark. And I mean, and it happens very easily. You know, you want what you want. And I'll be honest with you, if you're financing some, you know, a few more dollars a month, and you can go first class. You know. And, and all all these models, the 250, 350, and 450, only come with one in, engine option, which is the 6.7 liter Power Stroke Turbo Diesel, uh, with the 440 horsepower. They don't even offer a gas option. No, not in those. That's crazy. Well, I think in the just a diesel option. Oh. they're all the same. Yeah. They, they all give you the 440 horsepower. They all give you the 925 foot pounds of torque, which is a lot. The Ford F450 uh, can tow 32,500 uh, pounds. When configured appropriately, it is also worth mentioning that it has a 7,600-pound payload capacity. Keep in mind, the new Chevy Suburban weighs in at 5,800 pounds, so it can pull one in the back of it. You can set a Suburban in the bed of the truck. Well, I mean, that's a big truck. Now, we're talking about, we're stepping into medium-duty truck territory now. 19.5-tire, straight axle. There's, I mean, this thing's got brakes on it like a rollback. You know, it's... My thing is, at, at what point in time are you uh, stepping in overkill with a truck? I mean, when are you going to haul a Chevy Suburban into the bed of your truck? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't haul Suburbans in the bed of my truck. Um, usually, I'll be honest with you, given Ford's track record, you need to see what that Suburban will haul. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, man. you got to look at it this way, too, though. If you're out there buying a Range Rover for $100,000, what's buying a $100,000 Ford pickup that does the same thing, has the same luxuries, but you can actually use it? Well, I'm with you. But this is the thing. I mean, it's and I'm sure there's a time and a place for all of it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's certain scenarios. Speaking of time and place, it's time uh, to take a place of break and uh, play some commercials. That's right, guys. Stay tuned. we got a lot more coming at you right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Uh, 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Odd Rod. What's happening, dude? I've seen you over there snickering. Uh, yeah. And whenever you get that little devilish grin and your hat kind of cocked to like a 31-degree angle, there's only one thing you could be talking There's only two things you could be talking about, them damn electric cars or a Honda. <laughs> yeah, so um, if the uh, $100,000 Ford is just not in your price range that we were talking about in the last segment, because um, I know my pockets are coming up a little light on that one, um, there is an alternative. And... Um, it has been named the 2018 best truck to buy. You ready for this? I got a feeling I'm going to get it either way, so just roll with it. The Honda Ridgeline. All right. I'll tell you what. Hang on. Just hang on. Hang on. All right. I'm feeling we're getting a soapbox out here. Yep, there it is. Ooh, that was loud. Ooh. All right. 
I'm standing up on my soapbox right now because it's something that really bothers me. All right, feed it to me. I tell you, when you say Rob Pitts, what do you think of? Apple pie, bald eagles, America. You know what I'm saying? The 2018 truck of the year. It ain't a Chevrolet. It ain't a Ford. It ain't a Dodge. Same. It's a Honda Ridgeline. <laughs> so you're telling me this thing's like the mixture of like a Subaru Brat and a Honda Accord. Yes, actually. and it's the tr- so you took two non trucks and made a truck out of it. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. So here. I mean, what puzzles me is it's like you know I understand like let's say you know what your old lady wants you know she wants a pickup truck so she can go get three bags of mulch from the Home Depot or something like that. You know what? That's good for a Honda Ridgeline, the 2018 truck of the year. I would feel better if you told me that Power Wheels made the 2018 truck of the year other than Honda. Um, well, you know, I'm I like, mean, look at those things. They're crazy room, looking. You got some room on your soapbox here. Count, count, I'm slide over. Count, hop up. All right. So here's my Easy. thing. Here's my thing. When I think about pickup trucks, I, I do think about bald eagles. I think about Walmart. I think about Lowe's and Home Depot. Maybe even Target. Man stuff. Man stuff. Well, Target's actually kind of French. But yeah. Anyway. I think about I think about mud flaps. I think about mud on the tires. I think about you know some big thirty eight super swampers, forty fours even. I like to live dangerously and with low gas mileage. And that's another thing. Horrible gas mileage. Horrible. Loud pipes. American flags. Yeah. You ever gonna see a Honda Ridgeline with twice pipes out the back? Exactly. Nope. You know, I, I I think about like just low resale value. You know. Blair and Johnny Cash. America. Bench seat. Yeah. Tongue kissing a bald eagle in a Walmart parking lot. Just America. That's America. That's America. Wearing a white wife beater, too, while I'm at it. Oh, you got to have the wife beater. That's a pickup truck. But a Honda Ridgeline? That's, that's like some getting, that Martha Stewart listening. That's like listening to Martha Stewart, getting a manicure, getting a pedicure while drinking your Starbucks. That's what that is. We'll tell you something. It's just, it's just, no. It ain't right. It ain't, it ain't Christian. It just ain't Christian. It just ain't Christian is what it is. My Uncle Leroy right now is cutting back flips in his grave. Oh, yeah. You know what your mom was His daddy bought a 66 Chevrolet truck brand new. He drove it to the day he died. You know what your mom. And you're you're telling me, and it's still, and now his son's driving it. You know what your mom would say about you if you pulled up in a Honda Ridgeline? I'd hate to think. I'm scared to say it. I'd I don't, I don't to want think. to think about it. I wouldn't want to hurt my mama like that. I wouldn't either. That'd be just you know plain why? awful. You know why? Because I love my mama. Exactly. But you know what? There is some valuable arguments on this. And I hate to say it, but I got to play devil's advocate here, and you know that. And uh, it's not a bad little truck. It is equipped with a 280 horsepower V8. Um, so it, you can actually throw twice pipes out the back of it because it does have a V8. Now, it does not have the 7,400-pound payload hauling capability of our Ford F450, uh, F, whatever, yeah. But it does, uh, or it is capable of toting around about, I don't know. Two seven, bags of groceries. And uh, right around 1,700 pounds in the bed. 1,700 pounds? 1,700 pounds. 1,700 pounds. My prom date weighed almost 1,700 pounds. Well, you know. I mean, that's understandable. Tell me you and a case of beer weighs more than 1,700 pounds, Robert. Uh, you ain't getting no ca- uh, case of beer in this truck. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you ain't getting a case of beer. Now, you might get a frappy latte, double mocha maybe, chocolate. Maybe some of them Perrier or sparkling waters. Yeah, that's that's more like it. But now the truck does make 22 miles to the gallon. Oh, that's cute. Uh, it is cute. It's about does like it. Does it also make like rainbows out the back and 
I unicorn think it, dust or something. It says here in the specs, uh, yeah, it actually does do that. It so. runs on good intentions. Yeah, it actually does. It, it gets a uh, top safety pick, a rating from uh, insurance. Does Institute it come with a Hillary safety. supporter sticker on the back? Uh, yeah, I think it does, actually. I think it does. But it's affordable. It's not a hundred thousand dollar pickup truck, and that's where they're. And, that's and that's where they played smart. This thing comes. Where they get you. This thing comes at twenty nine thousand six hundred thirty dollars, and I think if you're a smooth talker, you can get them down a little bit more than that. I'm telling you. But you know what? We talked about this. We talked about this when Hyundai said they were mentioning making a pickup truck. They're stepping in at the right time because you know it's going to be a matter of time before they come up with a working class version of this is available at around that twenty twenty five thousand dollar mark and they're going oh, to twenty twenty five. I'm talking about like a seventeen eighteen thousand yeah. dollar mark, like a V six plane. You know, you know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, all your municipalities are riding around in Hondas. Yep, I mean it's bound to happen. They they came in at the right time. Now I will say, as bad as it saddens my soul to see. That this truck is, you know, top of the line. At least it is American made, even though it is American made. And I mean, and I hate to say it, but the, the it truck is. at the top of the mountain is American made. The sad part is the badging on the front is from Mount Fuji. So, That's horrible. But I mean, I see where they're coming from on it. You know, I mean, I, it's an affordable truck. It's economically smart truck. I don't even consider it a truck. I mean, I don't and, really know. You know, I flash back. I, I play both sides of the fence on this because me neither. I mean, this. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, like, like if I was going pickup, and I went pickup truck shopping yeah. recently, it's never even crossed my mind. Now but for, let me show you how old school I am. Like, like the Toyota Tundras, and, I, and I'm going to get a little flack about this, but it's so funny when you say, "Yeah, I bought me a new Toyota truck." The first thing that pops in my mind is a Tacoma. Yeah. I still think about that little... I think about the little Hilux trucks. Yeah. I think about a four-cylinder, five-speed, or maybe even a V6 automatic. Wow. You know, Toyota Tacoma. You know, now they've got Tundras, you know, of course, got a 4.7 V8. They've been out for years. But I don't even consider that like a full... And it is a full-size truck in every sense of the word. And they got a good payload. And they're a good truck. But I... And even the Nissan, same idea. But it's just like, I can't even wrap my mind around that. Nope. I, I, and I'm right there with you, dude. I really am. I mean, this truck, it's not like it's aesthetically ugly or anything like that. It honestly has kind of like a the new Ford Explorer kind of look to the front end. Uh, you know how everybody's styling out their long headlights and everything like that. It's kind of got an Explorer look on that. And the back, I mean, it's kind of its own. It, it, it looks kind of bobbed off. It looks like an SUV they cut the back off of it. You know what it kind of reminds me of? You remember them uh, Ford uh, pickup trucks, the Explorers, or not the Explorer, Sport Track? The, the Sport Track, there you go. Kind of looks like that. It's not quite avalanche It's more toward the pickup truck side like the Sport Track was. Kind of has that feel with it. Avalanche-y? avalanche That's a new word. I think we can use that. But uh, it has that Explorer nose to it. I don't know. But to me, the one thing I don't look like about it is it looks like it's almost set up to uh, for plans for a four-cylinder front-wheel drive. Because if you look at it, the like front windshield comes down over the front tires. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just kind of looks weird. It, well, it's, it's probably a front-wheel drive with a transfer case, so the back end comes in and out. And you know what? You might be right. Actually, I think that's how they actually are set up. And they probably are because, and that's interesting. with Because it's a crossover. Well, the rental car I have right now, the, the Nissan Pathfinder, which great SUV, um, it's set up that way. It's four-wheel drive, but it's front-wheel drive if you got it in two-wheel drive option. So, I mean, and that's that's the thing that blows my mind. So a front-wheel drive pickup is what you're dealing with. Which there again now, I mean, not, you know, probably about 30 years ago, 
A guy named Leon Cook had a crazy idea about a four-wheel drive van that made Chrysler a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? Ford actually left him out and of you're, the building. And you're absolutely right. I mean, so and I now they don't even make vans anymore. Who, which blows my mind. I know it's crazy, isn't it? But who knows? I mean, maybe the Ridgeline will usher in a new era of trucks. I hope not. I hope that's not where trucks are heading. Uh, however, I think it'll be a viable version of a truck. I think it'll be around. And like you said, you know, municipalities, you know, water companies, you know, different things like that. that meter readers. Meter readers, yes, which they don't do that anymore, technically. Um, but No, they read them. They just have machines that do yeah, them. Yeah, they just have machines that do them now. But, um, you know, uh, for things like that, for construction companies, for landscapers, I think the truck will become a viable source, you know. I mean, you got a good fuel economy truck, seats fours. It does have a little payload capacity. It can tow up to 5,000 pounds. It's price good. I think I think it'll be viable on the market. I really do. There's a time and a place for everything. Like I said, you know, General Motors is definitely getting away from the small truck category, and a lot of people are. And Ford's done the same thing. Dodge, Dodge. same idea. Um, so maybe you know, maybe they see an opening and they're running with it. Yeah. So you know, to the uh, to the small consumer, I, I don't think it'll be necessarily be a bad thing. And maybe you know, maybe it does deserve the spot to set the uh, 2018 best truck to buy. I don't know. I beg to differ. Uh, you know what? You know the inner me does as well because, like, I think you know, drive truck. I'm getting something full size, four doors, horsepower. You know, America. So, something like class five hitch. Let us know what you think about. It. Hop on the Facebook page. Let us know what you think about. It. Google it. Look at the pictures of it. Let us know. That's right, guys. Let us know all about it. Tell you what, we got a lot more show coming up. Stay tuned to Hot Rods and Happy Hour right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour, and let me introduce my little conspiracy theory buddy odd rod <laughs> and what he's talking about next now keep in mind before we even get into this i'm a corvette man right. my daddy was a corvette man I, I think you guys have the track record to prove that yeah we're corvette people yeah and now you're telling me you have a conspiracy theory on corvettes i do actually i i think <clears throat> now keep in mind you just ramped my blood pressure up about a honda being the best truck in the world I think, and now you're telling me about Corvettes? I think I have enough evidence to back this up. I think. So, we all know that Corvette is coming out with the new mid-engine car, and they're planning on the C8 being unveiled at the January Auto Show um, with production beginning as early as uh, fall of 2018. That's a known fact. Rob and I have already discussed how he feels about the mid-engine vet. He's not happy with it. I think it's kind of a cool concept because um, they're just keeping up with the European sports car, which is what it's built to do from all along. We don't need to get in that argument again. It's coming. We know it's coming. Um, Sorry, I'm hunting my nerve pills. <laughs> um, it is my understanding that for the next two years, they're actually going to produce both the C8 and the uh, regular front-engine C7. And then they'll just slowly weed out the C7, and it'll be a mid-engine car from there on. Now, here's where it gets interesting. <clears throat> They're keeping a long hood on this car. They're throwing the engine in the rear. Now, I've already discussed how GM plans to go electric, fully electric, in the next 5-10 years. I think, and this is where it gets interesting, I think they are already planning on doing an electric Corvette. Listen... I'm going to figure out a little secret. I'm all about a Stingray. I ain't driving an electric eel. <laughs> well, here's here's where it gets very, very interesting, and this is what I found. Um, it is confirmed that GM has trademarked the Manta Ray name for their uh, performance variant of the C8 
and the E-Ray for what we're looking at being a performance hybrid. We see Porsches even going down this road now. Yeah. I tell you, and I know it's the changing times, and I'm kind of a dinosaur when it comes to this stuff. But, I mean, this is the thing with the Corvette. Corvette's America's sports car. It is. It's a sports car. It's always been a top-performing car. I mean, Dodge Viper was a flash in the pan compared to a Corvette. Yeah. Vipers are great cars. They're cool. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying. But a Corvette's been around since 1953. Correct. And you know, you got to think about there's so many things that through the years got carried over on a Corvette, you know, whether it be the hideaway headlights or whether it be the four taillights, you know, the fiberglass construction, which, you know, and all this stuff. And I understand things get better with time and they have new ideas. But you know, think about they've went away with hideaway headlights and they've went away with the four round taillights or the four square t- or any four taillights. Everything's changed on them now. And now they're going mid-engine. Of course, it was always still a front-engine, rear-wheel drive car, independent rear suspension. Now they're going mid-engine. And the reason they're doing this, they're going after Ford with the GT. That's what they're going after with them. Yeah. They want something to run with them because the Camaro's eating the Mustang. So they don't need a Corvette and a Camaro chasing the Mustang. Well, it gets even better than that because, you know, since 97, uh, the Corvette's been LS-powered up until the new LT1 and LT4 platforms. But now Cadillac is developing a 4.0 uh, dual overhead cam, 32-valve motor, uh, V8 motor. And it's talks that this is the motor that's going to be used in the Corvette as well. So it's totally changing from the LS LT platform again. Well, you know, you got to think about it now, Seaton. And this, this isn't very far-fetched. Let's uh, take a little step back into the early 90s. You know, the uh, ZR1s. Right. You know, that, that power plant? Is basically based off a North Star engine right. that's in a Cadillac. Right. Um, you know, it's smaller displacement. North Star's four point six liter, but it's a smaller displacement. But it's virtually the same idea um, in a lot of ways. And uh, Cadillac and Chevrolet really have threw ideas back and forth over the years. You know, oh, a lot. Of course, then you had the CTSVs and your performance Cadillacs, your XLRs, things like that. Which brought, brought the, the engine Corvette from the Corvette yep. into the Cadillac. Exactly. And vice versa. So, GM has threw the ball back and forth several times between Cadillac and Corvette. Yeah, so it, it would not shock me to see this 32-valve 4.0 make its way to the Corvette, to well, the mid-engine. And event. the thing is crazy is, you know, Oldsmobile actually had a 32-valve 4.0 in their Oldsmobile Aurora and LSS project. Or Aurora, not LSS. But uh, they had a 32-valve Four liter V8. Yeah. So I mean, it's a rekindling of a motor from past times. Now here, here's my thing. If they're doing the E-Ray and they're doing, uh, you know, a hybrid car, that means half electric, half you know, gas powered. So we're already halfway there to an electric car. I have a feeling they're keeping the long nose on this C8, uh, yeah, C8 vet to make room for some batteries. Kind of like how the Tesla's set up. Could make room for a battery pack, things of that nature. I mean, yeah. and it could be. I don't. To me, I think that would be a slap in the face to the Corvette, personally. But they're all going that way. But like I said, Porsche's already jumped on the bandwagon. I really think by somewhere Porsche around Porsche already has commercials, Dire Straits yes. playing in the background. I know it's awesome, isn't it? Um, I really think by the end of the 2020s, uh, that decade of time, I really, really think you're going to see a full blown. And maybe not the only option, but I think you're going to see a full-blown electric Corvette. And, I mean, it's proven fact. Electric power is insane. Well, the torque on it's awesome. You know, it's instant power, and, and, it, and it is great. But even as much as I like modern technology, as much as I love, you know, doing all this cool stuff with horsepower and all that, 
this kills me. This is something that's going to do one of two things. Either it's going to be one of the best moves GM ever made, and it's going to be a great selling product, or it's going to make the prices of your C7s, 6s, and 5s, and all other past genres of Corvette skyrocket. Oh, I think that's what you, I think that's exactly what you're going to say. I think it's going to take, I would say, in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 years before the electric power you know, of a, of a muscle car like this, or a sports car, rather, catches on. Oh, it's going to make just a V8? Just I, I can almost guarantee you, your dad's bought several Corvettes. You've owned several. I'm sure you'll own several more in your life. I can almost guarantee you, you're not going to rush out and buy the electric Corvette. No. So I think as long as you're around and people who are like-minded like you, and me as well, I don't think it's going to go over that well. I think you're going to have some people who are all about it, and I think it's going to be a lot... I think it's going to be... Uh, now, am, am I saying the Corvette won't sell? Am I saying the Corvette name will slump and fall off with the fact that GM's going all, all electric? I think... Uh, I don't, I think, don't think so. I think an electric Corvette is more... It's a novelty. Yeah. It's the... Oh, they make an electric one. Yeah, but I want to buy this gas one. You yeah. know? I mean, oh, that's cool. Just like... I mean, just like... What's that? The, uh, the electric car that came out with. Yeah, that did totally fall. Oh, they, uh, what, ATS or what? No, what ATS. Yeah. It was a. I know e- what you're talking about. ELC or Yeah, ELL I, know, or I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. But uh, but you know what I'm saying. Beautiful like, body oh, it was a car. Cool car. It was a great car. Beautiful. But I mean, great looking car. But I mean, it flopped. I People actually, don't. Luxury and saving the environment don't go hand in hand. I actually had an opportunity to talk to a Cadillac rep, and I told him, I said, man, I said, if they would use this body of the car to make the new CTSV out of, I said, it'd be the best selling car you ever made. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the ATSs are loosely based on them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'm interested to see. I, I'm really interested to see next year how the sales of the C7 versus the C8 go. I got a feeling it's going to be a landslide towards the 7s. And you might be right, but then, you know, there might be a lot of people on that, you know, the first mid-engine Corvette I'll be ever. honest with you. I don't want the first of anything. I don't neither. I'd be the guy buying, like, the 2022 <laughs> mid-engine vet. Well, I mean, let's look at the kinks worked out. Keep in mind, when they came out with the C5 vet, you know, they had steering column problems in those cars. Those cars, going down the road, the steering column would actually lock up. Yeah, there was a lot of problems with the C5 vet, actually. Um, they those, still plague them today. Well, you think, and even going back into the 80s, you know, and the C4s, you know, there was problems with the digital dashes and things like that. Um, and then going back into the 80s, you know, when the third, you don't want that very first one. No, I th- I think I think the mid-engine vet will stand on its own. I, I really do. I believe that. I firmly believe that. I think it'll do go- good. I think the sales of them will do great. I think even the C8 vet will surpass the C7 sales once it releases. I really believe that. Now, and I think the hybrid will stand on its own all right. You know, a supercar that's getting good gas mileage, blah, blah, blah. I know that ain't why you bought it, but I think it'll do good. Getting over into the electric, I, I, I firmly believe it's coming. I don't think it'll do good. I'm with you there. I, I really believe it's coming. But, guys, i tell you what else is coming. That's some more commercial breaks. As a matter of fact, it's top of the hour. But we have a little fun coming up after the break, so stay tuned to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.